Welcome to Downloadable Content. We are SJ and Alex Herschel. We have a lot of gaming news for you today. Let's get right into it. Alex, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Good, but tired. Mm -hmm. But these things we're going to talk about do excite me. Right. Yeah. Quite a bit. And today we actually don't even have a question of the week. We don't really have any updates outside of what we're talking about today, except... Can I, I actually have one, but you have one as well, so you go first. I do. Okay. Um, have you heard of the game called Dragon Quest XI? I have. Have you ever played a Dragon Quest game? I have not. Um, it was on sale. How much? $25, including tax. 40% off and there was a demo so I download the demo mm. I play the demo mm. I'm like nine hours into the demo mm. I don't know when the demo ends the demo is so big <laughs> the time to buy the game on sale like was expiring so I ended up I was like well I'm enjoying it so far, so I just bought it. So I'm playing through Dragon Quest, and that it is, it's the it's um, it's a traditional JRG, JRPG, which is what I've been looking to do on the Steam Deck. So it is like filling that gap so perfectly well because I can pick it up and play it for a little bit. And it has like a pretty good autosave function, so you know I could even play it for just like fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. grind a little bit, mm-hmm. put it put it away. Pretty interesting story actually, mm. and the art style is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It's amazing looking. Did you know that like the average time to beat that game's story is like a hundred and twenty hours? I hear. That's what I hear. And so you um, you you just it's bought a, a two hundred hour game. <laughs> I am doing the side quests. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll do every single one, but yeah. Well, considering you know on the cover art you see like the whole cast, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole party, and I've only sorry. I'm just turning up our volume here. Um, I've only gotten the main guy and another guy i only have two guys and i'm like almost 10 hours in (laughs) so there you go but anyway um i'll talk about that more another time i've been enjoying it so far nice yeah nice what's your update so i actually have two well it's it's two updates rolled into one um playstation's state of play was a while ago right and they announced at the end of that state of play that they were going to have a Final Fantasy VII Rebirth state of play like a week later. Yes. That state of play has come and gone, and they have released a demo for that as well. Did you? Did you? And I did not. 
play it because <gasps> I decided that I'm going to wait to play the entire thing in one sitting. And I know that I do not have the time to go through that game right now. And so I have decided that I am not going to be playing the demo. Makes but sense. The reason I bring this up is that I found out about this, this state of play, or I didn't find out about the state of play, but I actually found out that a demo for the game had been released because I was watching a YouTube video about something else, about a little known series that's not very popular, uh, pretty much no one has played it, called Pokemon. I was watching a, a Nuzlocke video from Pokemon, and I realized something in my life. I realized, you know, last time I played Pokemon was a very, very painful defeat in my Pokemon Shield Nuzlocke run. That was a while ago, too. It was. It was. And I decided, you know what? I need Pokemon back in my life. But I'm not getting Scarlet and Violet. You all know how much I love the Sinnoh games. And so on Friday, I am going to go purchase Pokemon Shining Pearl. I made that actual confirmation. I basically, you know, me and, me and my wife consult on our finances. And I basically told her, all right, all the stuff that I would normally spend on other fun things that aren't necessities for, for my next paycheck. Nope, it's, it's going to Pokemon because that's what I want. Um, so I'm going to be playing through that and i'm really excited because i love the Sinnoh games i have my team planned out already and yep. <laughs> i am ready to go and i really need it so that's exciting yeah. man that's exciting um i'm curious if it was not a Sinnoh remake mm -hmm. like i guess how much of your decision to buy shining pearl mm -hmm was because it was shining pearl versus because you don't want to buy gen nine in its buggy state that's a great question um i'm not entirely sure i think i've i actually could have been convinced to buy quite a few different remakes mm -hmm. like say that they hadn't remade um alpha and sapphire when they did for the 3ds years ago and say that that was like the most recent remake, I would have considered buying that. Yeah. If there was a black and white remake, I would have considered buying that. I might have even considered X and Y because I've never really actually played through those games. Um, it's too easy. But that's that's kind of where it is. So because it is Sinnoh, that made like I think that made it so automatic of a decision right um but i do think that sooner or later i would have just wanted a pokemon game anyway yeah and would have gone to some pretty lengthy reaches to try to find and, mm. and fill that hole in my soul i guess it's a good thing it's a sino remake i love sino so much man yeah i did really enjoy the mining Mm. I put a lot of hours into that as a kid. I enjoyed that. I just, you know, you know how sometimes you're just you're just going, and you think back on like the games that you played as a kid. Like, I think Pokemon was the first game that like I really didn't need help understanding. 
like I put so much time into my copy of Pearl and then into my copy of Heart Gold and then borrowing my brother's version of Platinum. Like I just played that era of Pokemon mm-hmm. so much and I love it so much. So I am really excited to revisit it. As much as I, you know, say that I, I don't love Diamond and Pearl so much, um, it's only when I look at it from the critical lens of what I like right now, you mm-hmm. know? So, like, in the moment, as a kid, when I was playing that game, I loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, I absolutely loved it. And that is probably one of the ones that has the most hours of mm-hmm. all the ones that I played. Um, so, you know, it's... I guess, like, it's a it's a good reminder that it's it's easy to, like sit here and criticize games and stuff but so much of it is at the end of the day are you having a great experience you know and if you are then then just play it Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's the kind of sentiment that i that i've heard from a lot of people that have played even like violet and scarlet you know people that aren't as picky about technical stuff and you know i talked to my a couple of my friends when i went over to japan earlier last year and um, and they're like, honestly, I just want to play Pokemon and I played it and had a great time. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any issues. And nice. it's like, oh, good for you. Mm-hmm. You know? And I just remembered actually that I have one other thing we need to talk about. Okay. Um, Eastward Octopia is out and I have it and have been playing that. Hmm. Um, yeah. Good. It's, it's good. So it, it's a farming simulator. Um, and at the very beginning, they're like, this is a parallel universe to the story that you already know. So I've really enjoyed seeing characters that I know and that played very specific roles in the original story coming. Because it's not just a farming simulator. Like Sam and John, the main characters, they move to this place to... Um, like, yes, they, they have a little plot of land that they farm and stuff. So it's not an integral part of the main story. I mean, it's, it's, it's like the, f- no, 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 no. Yeah. It's a, it's a spinoff. It's okay, its own okay. self-contained story. Okay. Um, but within that, like, yeah, they're like living self-sufficiently and farming and stuff. But what they're actually doing is they bought this plot of land that houses this, um, rundown amusement park. And so they're working on like getting tourism back up and, and trying to get people to come back so that they can kind of reinvest okay. and renovate this land. And as a Disney Parks fan, the idea of running and being in charge of an amusement park is very attractive to me. And the fact that I'm doing it in Eastward is also very attractive to me. Um, But it's not... The the, the one problem I have with it is that it isn't very gripping. Um, It's not like Stardew Valley where the mechanics... like for, For one, like the time of day like your time cycle is a lot shorter in stardew valley so it's harder to feel like you can be really productive over the cycle of a day Mm -hmm. so it just isn't very hooking wait so you're saying that it's shorter than stardew valley yeah like in stardew valley the span of a day is like 20 to 30 minutes because even stardew valley is not it's not super long no you know no 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 
good balance. But, in, think, but, but in eastward, like a day is like 10 minutes. So the time just moves super fast. So it's like after farming and stuff, like you don't have a lot of time to run around and talk to people before you need to get back and go to sleep. So it's not quite as engaging as it, it could be. I would not, uh, I don't think I'd enjoy that. I'd feel rushed every day. Right. Right. And, and that's one of the sentiments that I've kind of seen online. Hmm. Um, but I've also seen opposite things where they're like, this is like people who enjoy the original game really, really enjoy the DLC as well. Hmm. So I'm encouraged to keep going just to kind of see what happens with the characters. Um, it's not, it's not like a super long thing anyway right so no but but i think it'll be something that's just kind of taken in pieces and transitions between games and stuff like Mm -hmm. i don't think i'm gonna sit down and play through the entirety of it in a go yeah but i will be working on that this year so you already know that sam's gonna win best protagonist three (laughs) years in a row at our game of the year this year everyone's like when are you gonna stop talking about eastward like please shut up about eastward (laughs) so there you go so we ready to move into our main topics today um yes okay let's do it so i'll start us off guys you've seen them online and we're gonna talk about it here just because i kind of want to address some of it the nintendo switch 2 rumors the Super Nintendo Switch. Yeah, we both think the Super Nintendo Switch. Easily. I will give credit to Nintendo Voice Chat. That's IGN's podcast. That is the first place where I heard Mm -hmm. the name. Oh, yeah. I didn't come out. I heard Um, it from other. I will give that group credit. I didn't didn't come up with it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so the rumors that I've heard and add or Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. it is supposed to have NVIDIA's DLSS mm-hmm. to some extent, which is basically, think of it like an AI upscaling thing. So, you know, even if the the hardware is able to, it is only able to output at, say, 800p, maybe the AI will upscale it to 1080p without losing frame rate, mm-hmm. something like that. It just makes it look better with AI. Um that would be great because I firsthand know how powerful DLSS can be. It's fantastic technology. Um, it is supposed to be backwards compatible. I hope it is. That would be really cool. I think if they don't do backwards compatibility, they're missing out on a... Like, that. that'll be a huge bummer and a huge detractor for... It will be a bummer, especially for, like, a handheld... You know, I mean, just, I hope they do what they did to the 3DS, right? Like, where you can still put in DS cartridges, Mm -hmm. but the 3DS cartridge just has a notch or something, so you can't put it into the regular DS. Um, That would be a very easy, great solution, I think. Right, and, I mean, Nintendo has a, a history of their backwards compatibility, right? Like, the original DSs could do Game Boy Advance games. Yep. Um the Wii could do GameCube games. The Wii U could do Wii games. So, and like the fact that from these rumors that I've heard, like they're definitely sticking with the the cartridge that they already have. Like it's not going to be a major change on the cartridge that physical games come on. That's what I hear too. So if they, 
if they have the same cartridge but they just say sorry no backwards compatibility like what a waste right right i mean the the only console i can think of the only modern console i can think of that did not have backwards compatibility compatibility from nintendo was the switch and that's because you can't put discs in the switch right completely so you can't play format, wii u games right? yeah um that would be cool i i do wonder are the joy cons here to stay i think they are here to stay in in the sense that we're still going to have detachable controllers i believe that um or is it, is it going to be the exact same thing or are they going to change it some i i think they change it a little bit i think they hear yeah. all right they're a little small in like every way right the controllers themselves mm-hmm. the buttons the joysticks it's all just a little bit too small this this one's rumored to be a bit more powerful so if it's going to be more powerful it's got to be a little bit bigger right so why not take advantage of that necessity and say all right how can we make the controller itself more convenient and just upgrade it to be a little bit more comfortable in your hands i agree that would be great but then i'm assuming that those wouldn't be compatible with the regular switches and vice versa right do you think they'd have different mounts altogether, mm. or would they make it so that you can still use you know either or because it would be cool if the mounts were all the same like the rails were mm. so you could still use your existing joy cons that you've invested money into mm. for like extra controllers right um who knows i i think that's probably unlikely yeah like i don't yeah that that would mean that the shell of the new switch would have to have the same dimensions basically right and And that would be pretty constricting and not only that like just from console to console outside of nintendo like you could i mean i guess maybe maybe what they could do is they could find a way to just connect joy cons through wirelessly right but i don't think they can make it so that you can attach it in the same way that on a wii right you could plug in your gamecube controller but not all games were able to use a gamecube controller i guess that's not a great comparison because i'm sure nintendo could find a way to make the old joy cons work for everything but just there there are certain limitations where they're not right perfect replacements right Mm -hmm. but still usable so that would be pretty cool um just for the love of all good things just please fix the the sticks man just don't don't make us go through joy con drift again because mm. oh my word that's just yeah right i've gone through that so right no and i i don't know anybody that has never gotten joy con drift have you never gotten drift not on the switch that i have now but i've only it's only been active for 18 months so i don't know if that's, that's true that's true and you're not playing it in handheld all the time do you play it in handheld often? It's gotten a lot of handheld use. Um, okay. Especially since I've That's been married. Good, like then. Liv, Liv played almost all of Xenoblade on um, in handheld mode, and she has oh. like 150 hours. Oh, dang. And then when I was in the Netherlands playing through Tears of the Kingdom, that's like 100 hours on. <laughs> on a gotcha, gotcha. Mode. But I wouldn't be surprised if here in the... Ne- also, but when we are playing on the tv we both have pro controllers Hmm. so that probably adds to like their um endurability right they are now that i think about it too i 
it wasn't until a while later that I started getting drift. Right. You know, I I had it for well over I want to say like at least a couple of years until I started getting drift. So um anything else there? I guess we'll see what happens, right? I I I really think we're going to get a direct this month. I really do. Um February is a pretty common time to get a Nintendo direct. Mm-hmm. Um and hopefully we get some of these news, but right. Nintendo's been pretty silent. And I think I think even when we get the direct this year, I think the Switch still comes within 2024 because the original Switch was announced in or was given a formal announcement in October of 2016 and was then released on March 3rd. Yeah, less than 12 months later. So I think that we get a direct and they roll it out so that they can have a few months before the Christmas season to Mm -hmm. kind of work out their kinks, but then really hit it hard with the Christmas season when all those sales come in for for the holidays and stuff that would be great you know if if the console release date was like september or something right then the first wave of switch 2 stocks are gonna they're all gonna be sold out obviously Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. by the time it comes around to christmas you know all the moms and dads will have plenty of stock to work with Mm -hmm. to buy for the kids and then think about this think about this as far as the games that they're launching with it's not going to be Mario. They're going to launch the Switch 2 with Metroid Prime 4. Okay? That's going to be their major release. They'll have a couple other games Do you think from it'll be a cross-release on the regular Switch as well? I think they kind of have to. Because they announced it for the regular Switch, right? It's right. It's like a Cyberpunk 2077 situation. Right. I think, I think they have to. Um... So just, I, I think it's different I, graphical levels because i think like with the with the metroid prime remastered that was released for the switch people are like this is the best looking game on the switch so if metroid prime 4 looks and runs like that on the original switch and then is upscaled for the new one right i, th- I think that's fine right yeah so they have that a couple other smaller games maybe like a mario party or something for for the rollout and then like late November, early December is when they release 3D Mario. Tell me that that is not a perfect plan. Oh, he doesn't think it's perfect. Hear me hit, out, me, hit me with it. So, I think they need a Mario this year before Christmas. How how soon before Christmas? Like. It could be a couple weeks before Christmas. That would be fine, okay. I think. I, I think... I don't know, but ideally longer before that. Because you'd want time for kids to get hyped mm. for the new Switch and a reason to buy the new Switch. And the Metroid fan base is big, but it's on the niche side in terms of first-party Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it'll be a huge reveal for the general casual audience mm. coming out with Metroid. Although I do think that will be one of its launch games. Mm. I I wonder if it's possible for it to launch with a new 3D Mario and Metroid. Is that I think too that's much? possible. No, 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 no. I think Maybe like a fine. November release for the 3D Mario. I just I wonder cuz 
like i i think if you release with it or if if there's too much of a gap between the launch and the christmas season and there isn't a major game specifically for the holiday season like i don't know how much that would impact it right you don't want the hype to die down right yeah like it there needs to at least be something steady keeping it up and who knows i mean they could they could come out with a mario kart they could say hey you know (laughs) we basically developed an entire game for the switch that just barely finished being released a few months ago but we've also secretly been working on mario kart 9 (laughs) so here you go um I don't know. All, all I'm saying is that if I don't know, I don't know. I think no matter how we spin it, Nintendo needs Mario for this new game. Mario or Zelda, you need one or the other. Something new, not a remake. And it needs to be there at launch. Maybe not launch day. You know, maybe if like launch day, you get you know. A few third-party games, and then and and Metroid is the big Nintendo first-party one. I think that's fine, but I think between that and Christmas, I think you need there a Mario or okay. a Zelda or something. I and, think that's fine. And a Zelda remake would be pretty cool. Yeah. Wind Waker, you know, well, TP, Twilight Princess, the, not toilet paper. The the full Ocarina of Time remake that's being rumored around. Wait, that's being rumored around. Like from the ground up, Ocarina of Time remake. I've talked to you about this. Did I? Okay. Okay. That's something that's gaining like a lot of steam. Well, I I thought I heard that like forever ago, but I hadn't heard anything else on it. So I just wrote it off. Because Nintendo wants something Zelda every single year. Right. We don't have any announcements for anything right now. But can you imagine they come out with a new Switch and they say, hey, Ocarina of Time fully rebuilt here you go that's an instant record-breaking launch day instant i would get a home equity loan on my house if i had to (laughs) (laughs) you just you go into the bank look i need a 570 dollar loan i don't care how you give it to me that's what i need okay I will take out a second mortgage <laughs> yeah. to do this. Man, I I really hope that is real and happens. Yeah. I've just been wanting that for so long. Right. And as a resident Zelda fan who thinks that Ocarina of Time is overloved, that would be a day one buy. Like, I would pre-order Even that the then. second it was announced. Because can you imagine... Nintendo hasn't missed in years. Can you imagine? I I honestly can't. I honestly can't. Because like it's it's just been it's one of those things, you know? It's kinda like Soren Smash. Mm. Like it's something that I've been wanting for so long and it's just that it just doesn't feel realistic anymore. It's mm. just, it's unreachable. It's mm-hmm. all the way to the moon. But then sometimes Nintendo manages to do those things that just brings the moon right to your front doorstep. And there you go. You've got Sora and Smash, you know. But I don't want to let that be a reason to get my expectations high because that's when I get disappointed. So Fair enough. 
we'll see what happens. It's exciting regardless. Yeah, definitely. Um, next one? Yeah, so moving on to our next topic. Xbox is rumored to just finally, you know, they've been saying they've been losing the oh, console war baby. for like a year now. And a lot of people are saying they're just throwing the towel in because Xbox is reportedly just giving their console exclusives to PlayStation. And, and okay, I should clarify that. Not giving it to them, but also releasing their games that are touted as S- Xbox exclusives and giving them releases on the PS5 as well. Now, I have some thoughts about this. Yeah. I think you have a lot of thoughts about this. And yeah. I think we have very, very different thoughts about this. So how okay. about you go first, and we'll see kind of where this goes. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, a lot of Xbox fans are upset. Um a lot of people that that don't care for the console wars or or whatever are going to say why are you being so mad you know everybody's getting these games and why are you mad that more people are going to be able to play these games i i get that the thing though to remember is that inherently not having as many exclusives just that just inherently devalues the console mm-hmm. right the the main reason why you pick one console over another the primary reasons are one where are your friends at and two and i think these are equally important ones if not the second one is more important which is okay which games can you play on said console and you know eventually xbox if if all of Xbox's exclusives go to PlayStation, there will be no reason to buy an Xbox over a PlayStation, unless there's some something crazy that they do. Mm-hmm. So um, I can understand the frustration of of um, longtime Xbox fans. Um, with that said, and to be clear, I'm really not in either camp. Like right, like I'm a PC gamer. I like Nintendo consoles. If I had to pick, I'd choose PlayStation. But I appreciate Xbox. That's yeah. some good games, you know. They're cool. I've I've right. owned both. So, like, um, how much how much Halo have you played? Right? Like, oh, you bro. have. I've played so much. I'm actively playing Halo right now with a buddy of mine. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. I mean, I I like Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, I believe that Xbox as a console is not doing as well as Microsoft needs it to. And I think this this to me signals the we're, we're um I think we are starting to see the Xbox fade away. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Xbox is gonna stick around if they lose their exclusives. And I believe that Phil Spencer probably thinks that the benefit of getting more sales from additional platforms like PlayStation Mm -hmm. is going to outweigh the benefit of keeping exclusives and hope that more people buy Xboxes. Right. I think that's where we're at. And I, Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Xbox brand doesn't exist in, I don't know, eight years. Mm. But yeah, I do know that they talked about the next Xbox console as well, and that might be the last. I don't know. 
So I think we're actually on a bit more on the same page than we think. I actually think that this is probably the best move for Xbox to make. Um, recently, a report came out that the PS5 has outsold Xbox's Series X's and Series S's two to one. Um, and PS5s were much harder to get outside of scalpers than Xboxes ever were. There were shortage problems on both sides, but you could not find PS5s anywhere, and Xbox was able to get restocked quicker. Yeah. And even with yeah. that, Sony has sold more PlayStations two to one than Xbox has. Um, I think this is kind of similar to, to the situations we saw back before Xbox was a big thing, right? Like Sega used to make consoles, right? And then they withdrew from the console space and are now just software developers. Mm-hmm. And from what I've understand and the documents that I've read on it, like that's been a smarter financial move for them. They were able to invest more in the games themselves, not having to worry about competing for sales on consoles as well. Um, because gamers only have so much money to spend, right? And so if you eliminate the things that you're taking a loss on and instead focus on the things that you know can be profitable and historically have stayed profitable for your company, like it makes sense to kind of bow out of the hardware aspect. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, Microsoft made a sizable investment into studios recently with purchasing bethesda they bought a lot of the last few years blizzard activision like that's not going away and they can retain that but instead all they need to worry about is making games they don't also need to be well what other studio like even with that right they're still not selling enough consoles to justify that so what if they just stop trying and say okay instead all the budget that's going into that let's just make more games for the companies that we own let them do that let them do what they do best and actually stay in the game because they mm-hmm. talk about themselves like yeah we're we're out like we can't compete anymore and i think this is a way to stay in the video game space not waste that investment they've made while also delivering to those longtime fans at least the experiences that they will continue to want even if the hardware isn't there anymore and I completely agree that it it, it sucks because, <laughs> like, it, it sucks from a perspective of someone who may have been an Xbox person for so long and has bought these consoles and, and tried to support it and then just kind of realizing that in the long run, like, that time is over. I can see why that would be hard. Um, but... At, at the end of the day, it's competition, right? It's the name of the game, and competition is what makes games great. And I would feel sad, I think, if Nintendo had to do this at some point mm-hmm. in their lifetime. You know, I, I don't foresee that coming. Um, but if they did, I, I would be a little upset, you mm-hmm. know, for sure. Definitely. Um, but uh, I think... The one thing that I'm afraid of, and I do agree, I think so. I think we're both on the same page mm-hmm. in terms of what we think Microsoft is doing here. We both think that the Xbox, in terms of the plastic thing that you put in your entertainment center, is probably going away eventually. Um, 
it would give PlayStation a near monopoly on the high-end home console gaming space Mm -hmm. because i do not see nintendo competing in terms of hardware that's there they've they've focused on that a couple of times but that hasn't worked out for them in the past and i don't think they will start doing that again so without xbox as a competitor for hardware future playstations are going to be astronomically expensive that's what i'm afraid of um you know and 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 if playstation is where all of the you know demanding game titles end up going to in the future and then playstation can just charge so much money to the developers right because that's the only platform that they've got to work with um that'll accommodate that that has the hardware that they're looking for in terms of power, not Nintendo. Um, I don't know. I just hope that Sony doesn't take full advantage of that because right. I could totally see them screwing people over. Right, and I, I think that's a reasonable thing, but I also think there's reason to be hopeful that that won't even be the scenario once Microsoft exits, right? Because like video games before, it was it was arcades, right? And then home consoles came and Nintendo and Atari did their thing. And then Atari kind of bound out and Sega jumped in. And then at the end of Sega's lifespan, that's when Sony comes up. And then a generation later, it's Xbox. And so I think just because Microsoft steps out, I don't think that necessarily automatically means Sony has that monopoly. Um, If Sony's left alone, then yeah, that's going to develop. But... I mean, I think there are, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Amazon tries to make a leap into hardware, right? Amazon's been investing a lot in gaming. I just, I think there are companies out there, and then you think about the not popular, no, yeah, I mean, PC gaming's more popular now than it ever has been, right? Like, it was super niche for a while, right? and nowadays, it's much more of a common way to experience gaming, and so... I think video game hardware and then bringing in like VR, I think that will continue to evolve and change. Um, so I think, I think that's, it's reasonable. But I also don't know if it's like a foregone conclusion that that would happen. Sure. You know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. But as a new PlayStation person, I really hope it doesn't because I don't want to have to pay the extra price for Microsoft leaving. That would suck. Um, that's true because i mean if microsoft didn't exist the playstation 5 would be way more expensive like yeah maybe even double the price because every playstation 5 and xbox series s that they sell it's uh, pretty much confirmed at this point that both companies are taking a loss and they're willing to take a loss on every sale because of the exclusive they want the install base yeah right so interesting stuff i mean imagine playing halo on your ps5 starfield maybe not that one no and i think i think that's something that's also weird for me is that like all these lists of exclusives right they have that they have those two they have the new indiana jones game and i'm like honestly like indiana jones is probably the one out of those three that i'd be most likely to play um that 
That is true, because I feel like certain gamers gravitate toward PlayStation versus Xbox. You know? Right, Play- PlayStation's and, a single-player, third-person yeah. adventure. Yep. That's like their bread and butter, and people are kind of getting sick of that, but they continue to, to buy the games at record-breaking paces, whereas Xbox is more of a shooter and definitely has more of like a first person type library mm-hmm. um so yeah are there are there any games that are on xbox right now that if it went to playstation you would play i can't think of any honestly yeah like i'm not interested in really playing any bethesda games i'm not interested in playing halo kind of interested in this new indiana jones game if i'm being honest but that's <laughs> that's indiana literally about it um, okay all right yeah let us know your predictions yeah yeah well, what do you think's going on there do you want to take uh the lead on this last mm-hmm. one disney bought epic a so part of it in reality they they made a billion purchase to receive 9% of Epic as a company. Um, And when I first heard about this, I was not happy at all. (laughs) Um, Because Epic, Epic isn't seen as a good company. Like people hate Epic. Right. Like in, in our own discord, we have someone who could probably talk about this way better than I could, but he has like an extreme dislike for Epic and like doesn't want to buy things off their store. So was that, is that a dislike for Epic or is that just, oh, I don't want to deal with the Epic launcher. I want it under Steam. Okay. I guess I can't speak for this individual, but I know that people as a whole just like don't like Epic as a company. I do hear a lot of of dislike for Business practices, right? Like it's, it's like the new thing where it used to be, hating on Capcom because Capcom sucked and then Capcom figured their stuff out. And then people hated on EA. And then now EA's starting to figure it out where instead of everything being a dumpster fire, only 50% of it is a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, true. And on the other side, they have some really, really good games like the Star Wars games or their EA Originals, I think is what it's called. Mm. They have like this platform that has really well-received games and stuff. Um, now it's really, really popular to hate on Epic. Like people just don't like Epic and like from from the games that i've played from epic namely fortnite and that's it i was like this this isn't the type of company that i'd really want um to create games for the walt disney company but then i let it sit for a second other reports came out on kind of why this was what disney chose to do And then I got very, very excited because they have plans to use Epic to create new experiences for Disney parks. So they're looking at developing like metaverse type experiences within Disneyland, within Walt Disney World, within all the resorts around the world. And that makes me incredibly excited interesting what when you say metaverse type experiences 
is there any more detail behind those rumors? No. Like, it's all no. speculative right now. Okay, okay. But people, people point towards what Universal did with Nintendo and how the Mario Kart ride is, is like an AR thing, right? They're like, imagine if you expanded that to an entire section of an amusement park. Like, what could you create for them that they wouldn't experience anywhere else? And, like, so from what I understand, a lot of it is, like, the technology that Epic's developed and, like, yeah, just, like, their tech and utilizing that in real-life experiences. And they, they also have plans to develop games. I'm not going to hide away from that. That yeah. doesn't make me crazy excited. Yeah. But there's potential there. So what um, what what technology... And this is just my ignorance because I'm just... I don't really know much about Epic aside from the fact that they made Fortnite... How how would that integrate into hardware? Like, they don't have any hardware, right? So, like, how would that translate to anything they could contribute to a Disney ride? So, I, or... I honestly have no idea. Okay. But I do know that Disney Imagineers, like, have been working on this type of stuff for a while. And for whatever reason, felt like, making this purchase into epic would help reach that goal and so it's less so so now i'm less focused on the fact that i don't really think that epic does anything special as a company mm-hmm. and more the fact that for whatever reason disney thinks this is the best way to incorporate more unique experiences for their consumers and in that end i'm, I'm like okay I'm good with it. I I'm excited to see what they do. I wonder if we're gonna start getting more Disney games, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Epic's. I don't know. I mean, you look at Fortnite, right? That's their flagship game. Right. It's very family friendly. You know, it's easy to jump into, and and the art style is. I think kind of in the heart of Disney, right? right. In terms of just how it looks. Um, <laughs> Imagine now you get to play as Mickey Mouse running around with an assault rifle in, in Fortnite or something. But um, I think as as much as I'm not a big Fortnite guy, I, I have to admit that they have created something special. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's, I mean, the success of Fortnite is pretty phenomenal and the kind of support and updates and live events and everything that that it gets i mean fortnite in and of itself is kind of like a a little metaverse on its own right you know it's not even just a survival shooter game anymore so it it is pretty impressive what they've done and it is cool to see okay what what kind of things could that apply to in a Disney setting, whether a video game or their rides or whatever. You right. know, that's cool. Hopefully hopefully we get cool things out of it and we're not just, you know, fed microtransaction Disney games. Right. And and I think about it and I think at first I was concerned because I didn't really fully understand like what the partnership meant because like the way I first read it was like, oh, well, Disney's just going to make a lot of games through Epic now. Mm-hmm. But it's not like they're going to say hey, we have these wildly popular Jedi games. We're just not going to make them anymore because we made a deal with Epic. 
right? Like pre-existing games that are Disney properties aren't going to be canceled. They're not going to cancel Kingdom Hearts 4, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's like Epic's another partner that they have now, and they might, like, new projects will probably definitely come more through them. But for now, I'm just going to kind of be hopeful that there's some plan that they're keeping under wraps for now um, that will make sense later, and I'm okay waiting to find out what that is. Imagine, like, a Mandalorian game. I know! <laughs> like, why are we getting why Star Wars Outlaws this year? Why aren't we getting The Mandalorian? Hmm. Yeah, why... Hmm. I don't know. Ubisoft? Actually, it's okay, because you weren't going to make a good game anyway, so... Nope. Yeah. Okay. Is that... I think that's about it, yeah? Yeah. Cool stuff. Let us know what you think of all this. Um, a lot of exciting news and rumors... Most of these are rumors, so who knows what'll happen. Um, the thing that I am most looking forward to right now is that Nintendo Switch Direct. I, it's got to be coming, man. It's got to be coming soon. I want it. Do you think it's coming this month? Uh, March. Hopefully. It it has to come by if, the end of March. If, if it, it doesn't do- come by the end of March, we're not getting it in twenty twenty four. Well. Well, even no, I I think I think I think we'll get a Nintendo Direct no matter what. Okay, it fair may enough. not have fair the enough, yeah. Switch Two release. Okay, fair enough. Then, yeah, but I think we'll get that. Yeah, they got it. No, if, here's here's what they're gonna do. <laughs> Sorry, you're good. <laughs> they're gonna do one in a few weeks, at the end of February. Yeah, and all it's gonna be is Princess Peach Showtime, because that comes out in March. That's all it's gonna be about. Can I be honest? You're excited for it. I kind of want to play. I know like, you are. It looks really cute, um, but I don't want to pay sixty bucks for it. Right. I'm just not. Right. I'll buy it for like twenty. <laughs> no, I'm with you. But there. it's never gonna go that low. Like, I like that it's something new, right? Like, yeah. I like that, but. But it does look too easy, dude. I I don't want to be the one to fiscally support it, <laughs> which means that it won't make enough money. Which means that this will be the only time that they do something new. But no, not not in reality. But yeah, we'll see where it goes. Um, did you have something? I was just gonna do the wrap up. Yep, let's wrap up. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. We are very grateful for you. We have Nicholas, Grandpappy, Tyler, and Joshua. You guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. We're very grateful for your support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love you all. Can I? I'm just so proud of us. Yeah. We have a lot of episodes. You know, somebody in our family came up to me and said, Hey, I listened to one of your episodes. She is not a gamer at all. She's like, I didn't really like understand everything, obviously, because like I don't play video games, but like you guys are really fun. She shared the same sentiment with me, actually. Yeah. She was like, I just like listening to you two. Like, you guys are just fun to listen to talk. And I was like, oh, thanks. It's like like such a nice thing to say. So thank you. And for the first time ever, Downloadable Content has filed its federal tax return. Uh, We did it, boys. We did it. We're here. We did it. All right. Talk to you next time. (laughs) 